Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, introducing the greatest top 10 show, The Movie Mount Rushmore, featuring the one AJ Anthony Jordan, the UK's favourite film critic, Nico Duro, the silver screen dude! Hey screeners, how you doing? It's myself, the one AJ, Anthony Jordan. And me, Nico Lero. So it's been an interesting one. Fan selection, been a while. It has. So, yeah. Bit, bit, bit of fun to do this one. Interesting actor, may I also add. <laughs> the, the one, the only Mr. Jake Gyllenhaal. In, um, interesting is an understatement. Before we go into Jake, I want to give a shout out to... One of the Silver Screen Dudes fans. This is going out to Miss Lizzie Gallagher. She said something awesome to me. And it just made me feel like, this is why we do this podcast. Okay. So you hear this. It's like, yeah, I listen to you guys on the way to work. Sometimes I listen to you as I'm going to sleep. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, to <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't mean we're boring. No, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, these guys, I'll knock me out. Um... Sometimes I listen to you when I'm at the gym. And it just made me think, shit. That's, you know, someone taking no. time in their day to... To say that. Give us at, time. At any time. Like, it's just something that you officially make time for. It's Man, touching. Like <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. I, I am actually touched by that as much as I made the usual cheesy AJ jokes. That That is a... Yeah, that is a touching one to think that. So it, please, it's part of a routine. It, yeah. <laughs> It's cool, isn't it? It's mad. Do you know? Do you know the one? And I think you were there as well. That shot the shit out of me. Hey, fuck it. <laughs> There's an E next to us for a reason, people. Was um, the birthday boy? May I say the one and only Mr. Zaney, ten and twelve. My nephew, for those yeah, of yeah. you who are unfamiliar with him, is um, as we, as I've always said, the. So this is how the movie Mount Rushmore works. It's done by yourself. Mm. So that's off the dome. The ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, <laughs> children of all ages, is pre-recorded. Sorry to let you guys down. When he repeated my part to me, and I was like, huh. <laughs> 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 I ripped off the road dog. You're ripping me off. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so no, honestly, guys, feel free to just help us up if you are a regular. Yeah. It, it means a lot. It Message us on Instagram. Imagine. We will you, respond. You, you, you'd be surprised how much it actually does mean. Yeah, you can see numbers, but to actually physically hear from you guys, yeah, that, that's what we do. We talk. So to talk, but you, you can tell we like to talk. So yeah, <laughs> talk and we will respond. So yeah, this is going out to Lizzie, who is who's pitched a great topic. Before we get into that, though, uh, everyone, please follow her on Instagram at Liz. Double underscore gal, G A L L Y Z Z double underscore G A L. Follow her now. <laughs> Liz underscore gal. Lizzie, love you. Thank you very much for pitching this topic because Jake's an actor who I've always liked. But I'll be the first to admit, I've seen a lot of his movies. I certainly haven't seen all of his movies. No. Um, I'm, he's a big repertoire. It's one of those. Um, yeah, you're just going to get those, dare I say underrated, because it's not criminally underrated, the appreciation that should be there, because the films you have seen, put it this way, it's either I don't like it, but I want to say his performance has gone bad, which I don't like it, 
And he has delivered in the ones. Uh, you, you would be referring to Jarhead. <laughs> I tell you that already, or are we on the same no, page with it? No, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that was it for me. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah, because I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm thinking about the age, the, the age of Jarhead. So like, can we both agree that Jarhead wasn't on the list, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. So. Jarhead's a good example. It's like, if ever Jake Gyllenhaal was going to make a war movie, of course it was going to be this war movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. was never going to be in the war movie, which is all guns blazing, action, gore. You know, it was never going to be a Spielberg or Mel Gibson. It was going to be a Michael Mann war movie yeah. about the slow, laborious grind that war has on your psyche and how sometimes the inner conflict of oneself when nothing happens is even more devastating than the actual act of war. Yeah. Yeah. Of course Jake Gyllenhaal's going to do a movie like yeah, that. Yeah, that's actually summed it up beyond perfectly, actually. That is exactly what it is. You get that kind of, okay, yeah. Yeah, that, that's the, that's your style. That is your style. You're not Mr. Gunsblaze kick the door that, well, to be fair. No, he can. He can. He can. And he, yes, it's there. It's there. So, um, yeah, it was a, uh, it was fun to but he's, expand. He's, He's a real thespian, old Jake. Like, you can tell there's some careful, meticulous selection that goes into his roles. And it's a weird one, isn't it? Because you know how we sometimes say guys like, let's use our usual two, guys like Keanu Reeves or guys like Robert De Niro, they're usually, you know, they've been typecast. Yeah. Very much so. Jake's typecast and yet not, if that makes sense. You know, you know with Jake you're going to get a certain type of character that he plays. You know that it's going to bring a certain creepiness or a certain unsettlingness to it. Yeah. But it's never the same character. Whereas De Niro, you know, Sam Ace Rothstein and bloody, you know, Jim, Jimmy Conway. Yeah. Come on. Come on. I appreciate they're different, but same, same. Um, Or Aaron Noodles in Once Upon a Time in America. He's got that role. You know, Keanu, Constantine, John Wick, Neo, you know, there's a... Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a continuity to the roles. With Jake, there is, and yet there isn't. Because his movies are so different. Yeah, they're similar but different. Yeah, you're like, okay, I can see you're grounded in it, but your character is completely different to the other. Yeah. You can't just say, yeah, 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 I can see why they picked you. Yeah, exactly. It's not that, because it's like, okay, okay. But then when you see the movie to the end, you're like... Yeah, that was for no, Jake. No, but this is it. It's like, okay, I, there's not one film, film, excuse me, film or character, but maybe I had to pick someone else, mm. you know? Even with his recent casting as Mysterio, I was like... Interesting choice, it works. That can work. I'm not, I'm not against that. Yeah. Because he's jacked. Let's be clear about one thing. He looks like a little guy. Jake's not little. Jake's yeah. a big dude. Yeah. Jake's a big dude. Jake Gyllenhaal should be the new Bruce Wayne, in my opinion, because he's got that creepiness and he's got that he unsettlingness. He could do He that. really could. Has- hashtag Jake Man. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, yeah that's a good point, actually. Gyllenhaal would be a brilliant Batman. He got that jaw, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can see a cow on him. Mm. Yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah. That, he'd be my choice, but... Yeah. But, uh, we got our pats instead. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, our bats, as they're now calling them. Well, here's the thing. Is it going to be Battinson or Patman? Discuss. <laughs> Probably Battinson just because Patman sounds very close to the, Atari, yeah, to the Atari game. So we might have a lawsuit. But hey, I'm sure they can pay it. Battinson it is. Yeah. So, should we just get into it then? 
Well, I would, but where are your manners? <laughs> you want me to do my... <clears throat> oh, please. <clears throat> so, for those of you tuning in for the first time, obviously not Lizzie. Thank you so much for joining us. Please be sure to hit that five-star rating on iTunes, hit that subscribe button, and share this podcast with any movie fans that you may know. How does the movie Mount Rushmore work? AJ and I each get assigned a topic, in this case by Lizzie Gallagher. Please follow her at Liz underscore gal on Instagram. And we go our separate ways and we make our individual top ten lists and we come back in studio and we record and deliver our individual top tens. AJ will go first delivering his bottom three. I will deliver my bottom three. AJ will deliver his next two. I will deliver my next two. Then we will deliver one apiece. If at any time while we are running off our lists, one person has a movie in a higher position, that person will say, punt. 21 seconds to go. (laughs) (laughs) And we will punt and talk about that movie when we get to the higher position. Once we have rounded off our lists, we will deliver the movie Mount Rushmore. These are the four quintessential diverse must-see movies of this genre, which this week picked by the stellar Lizzie Gallagher. Follow her on Instagram at Liz underscore gal. AJ is the top 10. Jake Gyllenhaal movies. There you go. Wasn't so eloquent this week, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> the top ten movies which delved into the psyche of video games and yet fell so <laughs> flatteningly short of the mark. I, I could have given what it the fuck were you doing last week? <laughs> I could have given it the whole um, second generation actor, brother to Maggie, the one, the only Mr. G. <laughs> J. Gyllenhaal. Careful, we're getting into Daenerys territory. Brother of Maggie, <laughs> bringer of pain, exactly. Consumer of jawline, <laughs> brusher of wide eyebrows. Brusher. <laughs> you had to go there. I had to. Now, before anyone starts wondering why am I taking the piss out of his eyebrows again for the American fans mocking because I remember. I, always, I don't know if I've said this. You have the taking the piss thing. Yeah, it always and makes me laugh. Me, like you guys do what? You <laughs> take the you piss. Take the piss out of someone. So yeah. Do a spanner in the works. Piss easy. Give them that one. <laughs> Make him think on that one. I, I do, yes. I don't have a venereal disease. No, 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 no. Piss easy is in very easy. Huh? But you take the piss, you piss easy, and you piss take? I'm so confused, guys. <laughs> You've got to love the UK. Got to love the, the UK. Don't ask us about dog's bollocks. That's another thing. <laughs> Bee's knees. That's also fun. Yeah. Much nuts. Oh, man, we've got them all. We have them all. Barney Rubble. <laughs> apple and pear. You guys do what? You've run up an apple and pear? <laughs> got to wash the boat race. You yeah, wash the boat? <laughs> the boat race is good. How do you do that? But, um, Bubble yeah. and squeak. <laughs> oh, mate. So, yeah. On a UK show called Graham Norton, which is very similar to your Jimmy Kimmel's, if you would, TV shows. It's like nice Just better. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jake was on there and they talked about his eyebrows. And Jake just made this statement of how he believes he's grown into his eyebrows, like his face has gone to take it. I suppose the facial hair, wide facial hair, kind of reduces the emphasis. And so yeah. while doing this, as much as I've always noticed them, I didn't know what it was that struck out about him. Mm. And now that he mentioned it, I was like, yeah, you do have some pretty You got some eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, you got some pretty thick ones. So, yeah. That's I'll say to of... you what I said off camera. He ain't got nothing on the kid from American Beauty. Yeah, well, this is another thing. But, yeah, that's that's where we're at. So, yeah, I'm not one to just, like, body shame, if you would. Because It's not a right? forest fire in that kid's bloody eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> you had to go there. You had could, though. <sighs> okay. So Your number, you number 10. Yes, sir. Bubble Boy. The what now? 
You don't know Bumbo? Nah. I'm actually really shocked at that. That was like the first film I've seen him in. Not heard now, of it. Hold on, give me a sec. Now you've got me wondering. I've got to Google it when it came out. Bubble Boy. Yeah. It, the name rings a bell. 2001. Yeah, mate. Nah, it's over my head that what one. I'm saying. I was actually shocked. Because I think at the time I didn't recognise it was him. It's a comedy slash coming of age. It's about a boy who's got... Um, multiple... I think it's a... Um, Ah, oh, what is it now? Mental disorder? Not mental disorder. The word, I can't believe my brain has gone blank. Help me. Immune system. No immune system. So anything. Right, okay. <laughs> completely went blank. Like Definitely not a mental disorder. Yeah, no, far from You said the word multiple. Or is that multiple personality? What are we doing? So any, any, any immunity that we're catching would essentially kill him. So yeah. he lives in this bubble. Mm. And so through the whole world, like the early stages, you see how he's overly protected by his mum and what have you. But then he starts, to, as you do with all coming of ages, starts to, he meets a young lady and gets interested. And it's the journey of having to meet someone with that. And then eventually, you, it's one of those I don't want to give a spoiler to, but. Go, go. Entice me, sell, sell it to me, AJ. Well, does he really need the bubble? Or is mumsy just being too mumsy? Hmm. Ooh, such a base spoiler. Isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, so that was the one. It was an early Gyllenhaal. I, I I watched it. I enjoyed it. I, it's not of that era where you've got Adam Sandler movies were out there, mm-hmm. and I think you kind of had um, not Daddy. What was it? Big Daddy, The Water Boy, Bubble Boy. Those kind, it was around that kind of era. And I think those caught me a bit more than Bubble Boy did. If you but it's to, that type of comedy. It's that kind of comedy, but obviously they. I, I can't see Jake in that sort of movie. It was, but so I think it, it felt it. like it, it, it tried to do that, or maybe that's what I was expecting from it. Maybe because that's what I said. I didn't laugh as much. I was just like it had its comedy elements, but it wasn't. He's a young kid in this, eh? Yeah. Well, yeah. He's, he's young, young. I suppose we'd have to take his date of birth to 2001. Uh, now you've got me doing the maths. Do that math, boy. But he's, I mean, he's a teen. He's a teen. It's not young. Oh, he's young. a teen. Okay, yeah. okay, forget it. 1980, 2000. So he's a 20, yeah. well, even 21. So yeah. he's playing that, you know, the American Pie age kind yeah, yeah. of dude. Yeah. So yeah, that was Bubble Boy. It's worth a watch. One okay. of my first viewings of him. You're number nine. End of watch. Oh, that's a punt. And a I half. had a thing that would be. That's I a had a big thing punt. Be. Fuck, you must have a hell of a list if you're putting End of Watch <laughs> at nine. One now we're going to have the big argument, the one that I mentioned last week. Yeah. Prince of Persia. Now you're going to say to me, how does Prince of Persia outdo? It doesn't. End of watch. It doesn't. I just had more fun with it because you know you heard the no than I expected from the film. And All right, we'll talk end of watch later. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're number eight. Prince of Persia didn't make your list. No, you didn't enjoy. I, I, I love Prince of Persia, but in his body of work. Hell no! Yeah, I, I, it delivered more than I would because I heard so much shit about this film that it took me a long time to okay, watch. Now I've got to slap you. I Prince of so Persia much. above End of Watch. We're back on the argument. I just, oh. What the fuck? End of Watch has. We'll talk about it later. I don't want to bring it now because it's, oh, boy. it's, it's there. Oh, uh, everything about that. It? Everything about your list is just wrong. No. Yes. No. No, no, yeah, no, just no. yes. I, I I stick with my final four. I, I mean, your final four, I, I hope so. But right. your end of watch, lower than Prince. Fuck me. Anyway, I toyed with which order I wanted to, and then you pissed off. You get pissed off either way. So, 
Do we go into Prince of Persia? Yeah, 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 shoot. So, if those of you who were listening last week will know it's adapted from a video game. Mm-hmm. A video game I hadn't played. It's a good video honest. game. So, I hadn't played it. I heard a lot about it. And it's a franchise video game at like that, no? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I remember hearing about this and then the whole world panned this film. Like, yeah. Unfairly. And then I watched it and in the first few bits, I was like, he's actually done a really yeah. good performance. And it's one of those times which you can't get often. You have an American actor putting on a British accent that doesn't wind you up. Yeah, he didn't bother me at all. It, it seemed natural, and I like the adventure side to it. Very similar to your kind of Aladdin, but okay, you have a hint of time travel in it. And, you know, so I'm alongside Ben Kingsley. He has this story of... Well, he's an adopted prince. Yeah. That's the, that's, the, that's the story. And on the day that they're meant to be gifting his father... Is it the birthday? It was the birthday, isn't it? He's given a cloak by one of his brothers, and his dad mysteriously goes... Like, it starts to burn up and burn die. him, yeah. And now it becomes the accusation that the this, adopted, yeah, this adopted prince has just killed a man. And he's like, well, why would I? I was, for better or worse, a street rat. I can't remember what he said, but he was a kid on the street. And this guy gave me everything. They sell so it. close to the bone by not using street rat. <laughs> they really like they do everything within their power to not use that iconic word from Aladdin don't they it's like guys this is so on the nose yeah yeah, yeah. it's very close but it's got that bit more well not so, I haven't seen the, the live action but it has more adventure than your cartoon of Aladdin because it it's not so much getting the girl in this one no it, well, it's the, I mean yes the girl's there but it's from early, and it's, she was promised this one, but they're getting along, and you just know it's going to happen. Mm. You know? Uh, but it's, it, it had a nice bit of adventure, and I think, for the unfair panning, I think more than anything, I was like, this film needs a mention. It definitely needs a mention. But I not agree. over end of what? Hell to the nizzle. But, Lizzie, and everyone else, if you haven't seen Prince of Persia, it is based on a video game. It has got Jake Gyllenhaal. It has also got Sir Ben Kingsley. It's set in the Arabian Desert. It's got castles. It's got princesses. It's got everything you want. It's got parkour. It's got sword fights. It's got time travel. It's got everything. It's cool. Yeah. It's a cool ride. That was your A. It was. It was wrong, but that's fine. My number 10, Rendition. I remember I saw that on the list, if I want it. Good old Middle Eastern spy thriller. Okay. So Jake Gyllenhaal is playing, uh, I believe he's CIA, and he's stationed out in uh, the Middle East. Would help to be a Middle Eastern. Would help, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, And this is at a time where the US are doing something called, as the title implies, rendition. Meryl Streep's also in this. It's got a very good cast to it. uh, Oh, and Reese Witherspoon. Um, Rendition is essentially, uh, it's in a post-9-11 world where if the U.S. deems someone that they theorize might be involved in with Al-Qaeda or in any other form of terrorist cell, they deport them, more or less illegally, without cause, but through very shady means, you know, on private hidden jets and things like that, all the way back to the Middle East, where they are basically tortured for information. Because we don't torture in the USA... Now we just get our, our Arabian friends to do it for us, who we're in cahoots with. And Gyllenhaal is called in the crossfire of this, because obviously, well, sorry, before I move on to the obviously part, he's called in the crossfire of this because he's got to witness this man 
who is not giving up any information. And initially you're like, this motherfucker knows something and he's keeping it in. Then the more they torture him, the more you realize this this isn't the guy. This just isn't the guy. And then Gyllenhaal is having to witness these tortures going on. And realise that you've got... You've got the wrong guy. And how do I make people realise this? And, you know, it gets to the stage where the guy literally gives up names. And then you think the movie's flipped you. And it's like, oh, shit, he is the guy. Clever movie. And then Gyllenhaal's like... He does a bit of research. He's like, he's not on Interpol. None of those names are on the CIA wanted list. Those are all names of the Egyptian 1998 football team. You're torturing the guy to the to the degree where he's literally going to tell you anything to make it stop, and it raises all sorts moral of moral questions. And I have to say, in a world where we've got Mr. Donald Trump, it does resonate quite strongly. These are one of the problems I've always had with this interrogation stuff. Like you, you can put don't do it. You can put someone through some levels of hell. Where sorry and tap on the back, even a payout. Can't really repair it. No, that that's years and years and years of therapy we're putting someone mm. through there. Yeah. Now don't get me wrong. I'm all for preventing someone committing acts of terrorism. But <laughs> before you're gonna go and waterboard a guy, be sure. And even if you're short, still don't waterboard him. I'm not advocating torture on this podcast. No, no, no. But I'm just saying, in the scope of politics, where I'm sure this movie highlights some... Where it happens, in a world where we can't stop it... Fucking be sure. Yeah. And the movie really raises that moral conundrum. And Gyllenhaal's got a fascinating um, relationship in this movie with not only the locals... uh, Sorry, not only with the US, but also with the locals, because... He's there on on orders from the U.S. government, but at the less than accepting uh, less than accepting grace of the local government, they're basically like their their attitude is basically like you can be here, but you shut the fuck up. Yeah, you've got nothing to do with this, and the whole story revolves around basically: is this the right guy? Is this not the right guy? Can they get him out? How are they going to do it? Will they fail? Will they not? Yada, yada, yada. It's a good old... Well, I say good old, but it's a good modern Middle Eastern spy thriller. Quite nuanced by him, because he doesn't play overly creepy like he does in some of his other movies. My number nine. Life. 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 Not the Eddie Murphy. I know that, but I'm just thinking, how the fuck... You're hitting me with two that I just haven't even seen listed. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Go, by all means, please continue. Life... I'm surprised you haven't seen this one because Ryan Reynolds is also in this. Ah. Rotted boy. <laughs> so life is basically Jaws in space. It's fucking cool. Okay. All right. So Gyllenhaal is working on this uh, space station up in space. <laughs> um, funny then, he's a Middle Eastern CIA operative in the Middle East. He's he's a, he's, a, he's working in a space station up in space. I'm on form today, guys. I'm on form. Um, no, but essentially what they're, they're, the objective of this space station is to find new traces of life. And they do. They find this... What starts off as basically a, an almost single-celled organism... <laughs> Introduced into our atmosphere, or the ship's atmosphere in this case, 
the shit evolves quickly, very fucking quickly. Now, these are some of the coolest creature effects I have seen for a fucking age. And the movie, I'm going to compare it to Deep Blue Sea in this way. Not because it's a cheesy shit first, but because, you know how deep, spoiler alert here, you know how Deep Blue Sea killed off Samuel L. Jackson when no one fucking expected it? Like, holy shit, <laughs> you just killed the one guy we thought was safe in this movie. This movie does that. It kills off people and you're like, really? <laughs> holy shit. Fucking mad. I'm just even looking at the poster like, have I seen anything to do with this? I'm full on shocked. I've not had fuck all... You'd love life. Good sci-fi space horror. Ooh. The poster of the three of them for some reason looks familiar, but even that, I'm like, maybe, I don't know why. Mate, it's great. It came out only two or three... It's It came out since I've been back in the UK. Yeah, it's, it's like 2017, I think. Yeah, it's the last three years, definitely. Mate, it's all sorts of fun life. Cool creature effects, really, really tense, tense moments. And uh, honestly, I think my first ana- analogy of it being Jaws in space is... Uh, the best summarization. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. This, yeah. What we right, got? That rings a bell. There you that go. Rings a bell. Life. Yeah. What do you know? Cool. Talking about Prince of Persia. Get the fuck out of here, yeah, Prince you, of you, Persia. Prince of Persia, like, I had fun with it, and it's fresh. I think that could be what... Fresh Prince? <laughs> no, <laughs> fresh view. That's right. Talking about, have you seen that trailer that this fan made of if Fresh Prince of Bel Air wasn't a comedy? Nah. Even Will Smith sort of met the guy like, well done. It's a real interesting spin on how, you know, someone who would go through that situation but not be a comedy, like his mum shipping him off and that. Yeah. It's actually really interesting. I'll check it out. Yeah. Or you can send me the link also. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, I will do. Um, my number numero ocho. My number eight. Source code. Pumped. Thought we would. Your number seven. Day after tomorrow. That movie never resonated. Did with it me. not? No. I really, really liked it when it came out. Like, all right. Here's a spoiler. Right? Do you remember when we talked this and we're like, "This is the mission," and we were like, "What's going to be number one?" Which might be the bait one for most people to say, oh. And I was like, no, this was going to be it. This? I liked Day After Tomorrow that much. The fact that it's moved to number seven says quite a bit. (laughs) And man hasn't seen fucking rendition in life. Man's got a big list coming up as well. There's another one that's on the list I really, really wanted to see. Oh, there's a few I missed out on. No, this one you've seen because you mentioned it before and I just still didn't get a chance. Two actors mentioned and I still haven't fucking seen it. (laughs) Trying to hurt myself for it. But, um, yeah, this was... I really... To me, it was an eye-opener of what's going on in the world. And I think it's truer now than it was even when the film was released. Like, protect your fucking planet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I just like the way they showed it, some of the concepts, some of the principles that they wanted to stick to in a time where the world has frozen over, <laughs> in a world where there's snow in Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, when they're telling you certain things, and when you're looking to survive, right, this is one of the key bits that always stuck to me, was they're looking to survive, they're stuck in a library, frozen, and they're about to burn the books, and that stops them, he's like, no, don't even think about it, because if we do survive this is part of our history. Like, this is humanity to keep this shit. You know, certain bits that it made me stop and think and question. And it's one of those films that you think, oh, so how do we get to the end? You know, how do we, how do we fix it? And it's like, well, 
you're too late. <laughs> to fix it, you had to pay attention before. And it's all these bits of, pay attention, guys, this is coming. But everyone, the, the, We all have this slight selfish move, mm. I think, in the world at the moment, where you're warned of this shit, but you're like, ah, don't worry about it. This kind of opens your eyes that this could happen. Maybe exaggerated to some degree. You think? Of course. But you get what I'm saying. You have this pay attention to what you're doing in this world before the world bites back and fucks you up. Yeah, so that's that's what I, I just thought. You know what? It made me stop and think. Now, as much as I look at a film for entertainment, sometimes when it makes you think... I appreciate that and that's what this film done and to be honest okay I've talked a lot about the film I really enjoyed his performance in that and this is this probably was the second film I saw from him over end of watch I'm gonna keep bringing this up you can bring that up but this what that one meant a lot to me that one meant a lot I'm really surprised you were gonna put this as nearly as your number one damn yeah it was up there because I really appreciated that film really did with it first game Hey, who am I to tell you that your appreciation of film is wrong? It's wrong, but who am I to tell you that? Exactly. How <laughs> <laughs> was your seven? Your six? Brokeback Mountain. Oh, he's finally seen it. Yeah. How did it make you feel, AJ? <sighs> now, now that here comes your over end of watch. Yeah. I, I still th- wouldn't put this over end of. No, watch. no, no. Because now I've actually stopped to think about it. Right. I saw it and I didn't get the hype. I got it. What shocked me... First thing that shocked me, what I did appreciate from it was the, the, the time span. Yeah. I actually thought it's... They went up to the mountain, came back down, and it's just the results of it kind of thing. Mm. It's a span of 20 years. Yeah. That part, I, I appreciated. I was also shocked... I, I'm, I think I'm being yeah, very polite. I, I think I'm being very polite. That when this came out, it was called the Gay Cowboy Movie. That's what everyone called it. Literally, yeah, literally. South Park took the piss out of it. And when that came, it, it sounds stupid, but I pictured a much earlier time than the time the film's actually set in. Yeah. So I, there was a lot of bits that shocked me. I actually found his character somewhat annoying in the beginning oh yeah very annoying and this is what kind of got to me about this film is that his character was overly annoying and Heath Ledger's was overly brooding and it was I a think weird... it should have been the other way around yeah, in my opinion it, it was just it was this weird mix and I'm like what he's being oh, needy wasn't he yeah but it was just like even when he tried to be funny and I, I was like that. and then the other part that got to me was <sighs> I don't know it was weird it was a weird film the fact that they were gay just I was like okay fair enough you know but it was an iron pillar to be like well yeah it could happen but I just thought there were some parts that made you question the film in certain ways I just thought well you know when you question it it's your number six mate you need to start praising it a bit yeah no, no no but this is that's why I said I started to question the watch but they he did deliver well yeah as much as the character was annoying he delivered well and he I think what I liked about his character more was the the he was the one who said there's nothing to be ashamed of you know this is who we are this is what it is let's go and that for, for me to watch this I was like yeah go for it he believed in this relationship let's make it happen and then Ennis is like no so that part was it and I, I think the, the, from the way it was advertised to what I saw opened my eyes a lot more 
I still find Ang Lee somewhat annoying as a director. Yeah, boy. As a director, I find him very annoying. He's patronising, isn't he? Yeah, he is. But I, 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 I looked at this and I said, it's the story is told well. Yes. It's told well and for for the the time it took me and I'm not a homophobe I swear to you people I, I just thought you know sometimes it's an easy option of a film mm-hmm. that's what I saw from this I was like here we go you take some of the most macho men that you could have out there being cowboys you know there's that cowboy image have two of them fall in love and let's just make it a story right I just thought whatever that's what that's but what I call there is more to it than that and that by looking at the film I said oh yeah, well done and that's what I appreciated from that film that it's a lot deeper than it was marketed to be oh yeah 100% it's a lot that this would make the top 10 list of movies that were misrepresented in their marketing yeah number one being Edge of Tomorrow <laughs> yeah <laughs> that movie yeah, yeah. but oh. I, that, that, that's what really got to me I was like you're better than it was advertised and it's weird because you will get all that feedback that like, you have to see it. it's an amazing movie but everyone would only say to you the gay cowboy movie it's a lot more than that yep it's a lot more than that and that's where I was like yeah oh it is go I'm glad you finally seen it this was the opportunity I have a feeling it's going to come up in a few weeks probably probably (laughs) (laughs) Uh, my number seven I have a feeling we're punting here if I know you stronger (sighs) five like, yeah, that's yeah. That it's a punt. A it's, a, it's a punt. It's a punt. Yeah, knew it. I know you so fucking well. <laughs> I have a feeling we're punting here again too. I know you so well, AJ. My number six, Zodiac. That's the one I regret not seeing. What the fuck? As I said, because RDJ, RDJ, and now this, and I'm like, you still don't. Sometimes I'm like, I'm gonna get to it. I'm gonna get to it, and I'm like, oh, you fucking ass, you've done it again. <laughs> this guy. He watches Braveheart when it's not even meant to be on the list and then gets an opportunity to watch Zodiac and it doesn't come on. This guy, man. This guy. Hey, Braveheart, I've seen it. It's a three-hour movie. It's not. Fuck. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> you enjoy this moment, so enjoy it more. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> It's the best invite I can give you right now. <laughs> that was very good. Listen, this is more for Lizzie than for anyone because it's her episode. For those of you who have heard me wax lyrical about Zodiac before, I won't do it for too long. For the new viewer, for the new listeners, along with Lizzie, listen to this. Pronounce that again. For the who? New listeners. Right, thank you. Just because my ear heard it, I don't know if anyone else what did. What the fuck did you hear? It sounded like for the nude listeners. No, AJ. <laughs> I was like, the fuck? I knew you said new listeners, but it sounded like nude listeners. If you happen to be listening to this podcast nude as well. By all means. Whatever works for you. By all means. I'm just saying I don't think this that there's guy, a... This guy, just, <laughs> I just don't think that you have a, a, a set of people who... Well, we may do. Do you know what? The only way I enjoy a podcast... As God intended us to be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just, yeah. It's just like, it's not, if you do, you do. But I don't think there's a, a community, as it were. This just took a left turn down Weird Street. It really <laughs> did. <laughs> Pronunciation is all I'm hinting on. But go. Why would I talk about nude listeners? You strange boy. <laughs> Careful, we're not offended if they are. 
there might be a community that we may have just opened. What would you do now if next week, <laughs> as this is launched, <laughs> if this was launched, the new podcast society said thank you for acknowledging us? You would feel like shit. Google right now on your phone nude podcast society and see what comes up. That's not for me to do. <laughs> my Google Google, that shit my, my Google history is weird enough. I don't need to add oh, that. God. <laughs> all legal. All legal. Just weird. Weird. Ooh. This guy, man. <laughs> right. So Zodiac, <laughs> speaking of weird, is the true story of the San Francisco Zodiac serial killer who, I believe it was the 70s, 60s and 70s, literally tormented San Francisco. And the fucking swinger about this very true story, he never got caught. Now, this has got a very, very big cast this movie. You've got the likes of Mark Ruffalo, Robert Downey Jr. and, of course, Jake Gyllenhaal. Mark Ruffalo plays one of the police officers who's involved in the Zodiac case. Can you not mention anyone non-MCU, please? I know, right? <laughs> just, it's mad, that, isn't it? That. It's, it's mad. It's absolutely nuts. Okay, quick fucking tangent. You want to talk MCU? Here's a weird thing, right? I'm watching an episode of Friends today. Go. This made me go, holy fucking shit. It's the one where... Favreau. No, 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 It's way later than that. This is, this is a deep... Jake Gyllenhaal fans, I do apologise. We'll resume Zodiac in a moment. This is a personal moment. This is Avengers Endgame for about... Because you can lit The Kevin Bacon game can now be played with the Avengers game. <laughs> it's literally... Yeah, yeah. You can literally... Avengers Endgame. That shit is there now. No, I was watching an episode of... An old episode of Friends this morning. It's the one with Ross's pink shirt. Salmon. Pink. Salmon. That one, yeah? And Phoebe's talking to Monica about... This is a reach, but bear with me. She's talking to Monica about, you know... The man she eventually wants to meet. And then it clicked with me. Oh yeah, she ends up with Paul Rudd. And <laughs> then better. They walk into a laundrette. You know what the laundrette's called? Bleecker Street Laundrette. <laughs> Doctor Strange Sanctum Santorum. I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> this shit was fucking projected in Friends. Yeah. yeah. Come on. That, that's mad. She's that literally f- wanting to see Ant-Man while walking onto the laundrette that drives <laughs> the controls Doctor Strange's <laughs> cape. Like, come on, man. Yeah, that is mad. That is mad. Just while we're on the MCU thing, right? Just yesterday. Three things are sure enough. <laughs> just um, we were in we were in the office and we were talking about um, Men in Black the new one coming look you and we were like Thor and Valkyrie <laughs> right and we were joking like how weird that would be and I was saying do you know how cool it would be obviously licensing won't permit it but they should start the film with we may look like a bunch of Norse gods but and then press the, you know the memory wipe but that's not <laughs> what it's about and like and it just introduces Agent da 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 and this is how our story began I think that would be the ultimate opportunity <laughs> it would be so cool well Cineworld have got something quite similar to that which they're doing with Men in Black at the moment okay. for their trailer it's not the Norse Gods thing but it does start with them going hey if everyone just look right here again and then they could get in this yeah we promise this is the first trailer you've seen <laughs> it's very good okay. it's very good cool I'm actually pumped for Men in Black because I think the the um, the chemistry that Tessa Thompson and uh, Chris Hemsworth have is is spot on. Now this is going to be very oh I'm such an asshole. This is going to be very ungentlemanly of me. Of course, I would expect nothing less. 
<laughs> is it a spin off or a reboot? Oh, he went. <laughs> <laughs> now I get the ungentlemanly part. <laughs> That's very good. Sorry, there's only about four people in this world that will understand that. But, oh, what a fucking classic. I couldn't help it. <laughs> To all the to, to Mr. Gentleman out there, Wikipedia away, bro. <laughs> Mate, I slayed him with that one, didn't I? <laughs> I, I, I feel like I'm just doing such an injustice. There are private jokes, but you can't do it on a podcast and not share. Let's just say, Nick and a certain gentleman, by name and potentially by nature, um, got into the biggest debate over this film oh cultish <laughs> over if the film is a sequel or if it's a reboot and there was I believe we had no less than 12 reputable sources say reboot yeah <laughs> the esteemed gentleman goes to wikipedia and says Look, it's a sequel. And for those of you who don't know, uh Wikipedia can be edited or created by absolutely anyone. The part that made me laugh the most wasn't even that. Even though I shared links from the likes of IGN, Collider, Variety, Vanity Fair, you know, all of the big houses. And I said to him, so you're telling me Wikipedia is more reliable than those? His first response was, yeah, I went, it's not. Give me a reliable... What do you... So you don't think any of these are reliable media outlets? He went, nope. said, tell me what is then. He went, Forbes. I went on to Forbes and he said, (laughs) reboot! I was like, there, dickhead. Uh, But, no, no. My belief is soft reboot. Yeah. In in a very... What's the second word? Soft. Well, reboot, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck it, I can't even count. What's the second word? Soft. Fuck. Arse <laughs> off. Soft. But yeah, you know, in the same way that Bumblebee's been honoured in certain ways. Soft reboot. Yeah, it happens. Spider Man has that. Mm-hmm. In in a way, Superman is classic for it. Yeah. Where they, they just don't want it. Fuck, even Hulk has it. You know, it happens in the world that it, it respects a bit of the past. Yeah. But ignore the other parts, guys, because it's, it's just not valid anymore. So now that we've talked Avengers, Friends, yes. MCU, and a stupid gentleman who doesn't know the difference between reliable news sources and Wikipedia, back to our show. The Zodiac. The yeah. Tangent. <laughs> Fucking hell, mate. So, The Zodiac is the story of a... I've said all this the fucking serial killer from the 1960s and 70s real story of the Zodiac Killer who never got caught Robert Downey Jr. plays the investigative reporter who's trying to break the Zodiac cipher because the Zodiac as well as being a vicious killer is also you can tell he's a bit of a narcissist but he's also incredibly intelligent sending ciphers and things like that to the um, to the news outlets toying with them giving him them clues which they have to figure out. Robert Downey Jr. essentially can't do it. Mark Ruffalo is the head of the task force of the police who's charged with finding this guy. Jake Gyllenhaal plays a low-level animator, a cartoonist. No no one finds him. You know, that would be breaking convention of history, but... (laughs) 
Gyllenhaal really gets his, you know, Sherlock Holmes hat on, and or I should say Batman cowl on, world's greatest detective, and, oh, is he? Jake man <laughs> brought it all the way back should be back right to the top I told right you to the and we're back to the start um, you know there was people on the podcast screaming out there yeah the Batman Batman <laughs> reaching for that joke yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah Jake Gyllenhaal really does get his best detective hat on in this and from being a low level cartoonist just Sometimes you need a second pair of eyes in life, you know, when something can be staring you right in the face and you just need an external pair of eyes to go, eh, what about that? And that's the role Jake Gyllenhaal serves. It's a very, very calm, undramatic, unpretentious, honest role. Um, and there's, again, doesn't bring any element of creepiness to this. He brings a kind of innocent curiosity. Not innocence in terms of his age, but an innocence in terms of the fact that because he's never been in this sort of serial killer environment, he's always been a cartoonist, he is seeing it almost innocently and he kind of doesn't really know what to expect. And to embody that as an actor is quite fucking difficult, I imagine. I'm no actor, I'm not a thespian, I do not know. But I definitely got that resonating from his performance. So, yeah, Zodiac I brought up a few times. It's yeah. a good one. It will be seen very soon. Very soon. Your number five? Stronger. Yeah, my number seven. <laughs> good old Boston drama. Yeah. We love him. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't I mean, matter if it's The Departed, The Fighter, The Town, I don't care what the fuck it is. Boston, it's true, it's true. Boston, 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 Boston brings it. Boston brings it. Sadly, in this case, it was a real life story, so, like, you know, uh, it's hard to say, but it's. I, I know I, it's one of those things that. And this is why you know me so well. I always respect a journey. Yep. And I saw a journey in this of a man who, you know. Was, Imagine the fucking London Marathon and this shit happening. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's oh, something done by... Fucking Touchwood touch right now. I mean, it's something that is done yearly. It's it's loved by the world. Everybody gets ready for it. And then some... I'm going to be asked. Some dickhead does this, you know? And you end up losing both your legs. Yeah. Waking up from a coma and just... I mean, the shock of it. Initially waking up from that, you know? And then to find out your legs are gone and that... Discovering and the whole world wanted to know you having to help the police to describe the bomber and going onto TV shows and all of this shit is just so much and just adapting to life after such a traumatic event. Can I tell you why I thought the movie was very clever? Wasn't just in showing all that, but was in from it was showing all sides of the story. So you know, you you had his perspective which naturally would be the most obvious because he's the one who went through this horrific event Um, but you've also got the perspective of the people who meet him who he brings hope to and then that flips back to him and it's like mate you've been put through the ringer but you're still here now you've got to realise that comes with a weight of responsibility that you even if you don't fucking want to you have to own it yeah you have to fucking own it. You are bringing people hope. And Even that, if you it, can't comprehend it, 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 it it's weird, it's weird to and touching it. at the same time, isn't it? It was an iron for it's like It just... To see the hope it gives people, yeah. it was like... It oh. also harkened back to a theme from American History X that we both love. You remember in American History X when the mother says to... Um, oh, what's his fucking Derek. face? Derek, thank you. The mother says to Derek... Um, 
you think you're the only one in here I'm in here with you similar theme in this with the girlfriend saying to him like yeah you lost your legs but you know what we're living it we are living it yeah and I can't experience your physical pain but the emotionality we are both going through this the thing why I thought why it was ranked 7 and not higher is because I actually think it made a few mistakes in terms of its directing with a movie where you're going to deal with quite touching subject matter like that don't shy away from being overly emotional and I thought the movie it took it took more of the un-Hollywood more adult more I guess art house direction um, which is fine I'm sure it works for some people but I wanted to see more of him learning to walk it felt very sort of there you go at the end you know he gets out yeah, of the car yeah. and he's walking I was like Whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah. Let me yeah, yeah, yeah. savor that moment. You know, let me feel the do, emotion. Do you know? Of that. Do you know the thing with this film? If I remember, it's already, if not crossing, it's at that two-hour mark. Yeah? Oh, it's got some length. Now, to give me that extra bit, we're now back in our three-hour movie territory, which I don't know if they had the. Well, here's here's where I would counter that because I agree with that I'm not saying it should be added on I'm saying you didn't need that much conflict with the mother and daughter you could have shown it but they really bashed you on the head with it and I think it would have been it would have been more interesting to see him walking again because that's essentially what I was sold to as the movie is a guy learning his body again yeah 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 yeah. and I didn't get that yeah yeah I'll give you that so the movie but I think you know where you talk about the wider scope that's where you have the argument again. I think, you do. yeah. So it, it's it's a difficult balance of yes, okay, that's happened, but as you said, rightfully, it's not just you in this. Yep. Yeah, and I think that's what I've really appreciated from it. You really get a a, a wider scope of because you instantly feel, oh fuck, what did he go through? But it's like, <laughs> yeah, he went through it, but check that one. Yeah, check that. I don't know. Maybe I'm a sucker no, for no, romance. No, but, no, 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 but it. I like to, you know, I don't. I like to cry in movies. I like movies to make me feel fulfilled and to have a bit of happiness to them. And this movie, ultimately, it's it's meant to reflect a happy ending in the sense that he's been put through shit, but through everything else, he's still managed to walk again. I wanted to connect with that moment more, and I felt very unconnected at the end. Not because of the movie, but that one specific scene, which was supposed to be like, yes. Yeah, he's walking I again I, mean, I didn't get that because it's just turned yeah, it was sort yeah. of so matter of fact yeah oh FYI he walks again is that yeah yeah give me something kind of like um, yeah I don't even want to say it because I don't really want to put stuff into your head at the moment I'm very cautious with my words around you but there are films that give you that journey no 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 you know why so I'm not <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah. Of course, <laughs> go on, go on. Sling that bait, son. Give Sling me that bait. Um, you guys might see this for both of us. Actually, um, there's an upcoming if special think, at the end yeah, of the season. If you think our fuckery episode was fuckery, this one is gonna fuck <laughs> one way. I, I don't even want to reveal it to you guys. Oh, we're not revealing it, but. Episode 50, the fuckery special, was the one of our 50th episode. At the end of every season, we obviously tried to do something special. Last year, we counted down our top 10 favourite movies of all time, which was brutally difficult. Yeah. This year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah just make sure you paid attention to that episode <laughs> that episode of what we loved end of season 2 look out for it yeah yeah you have to pay attention to what we loved cause yeah yeah New fans won't fucking get it. Guys who've been here since episode one, you'll get it. Some of them are like, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) So long, see ya, sucker. (laughs) Goodbye. We're not leaving, don't worry. We're not ending the podcast (laughs) at the end of season two. (laughs) Now the others are like, God damn it. (laughs) Top ten ways of saying goodbye. So I learnt it in German, which is our (laughs) videos. That's not it. No. That's absolutely not it. So that was your number five, yeah? Yes, it was indeed. My number five is his newest movie, and I cannot fucking believe I'm putting it this high on my list. It's the movie he made exclusively with Netflix. Really? Loved it. Loved it. Velvet Buzzsaw. Loved it. No, no, no. You didn't. I can only reserve this for later. Huh? Continue. I will give you your benefit. Just continue. Because it's not a punt, so continue. Oh, I can see that. <laughs> so you did not like this film? I... I can't talk. I, I will let you talk and then I'll have to hit you later. Oh, how do you describe Velvet Buzzsaw? It is... At, at face value... It is... Fucking love this film. Oh, hold on, from beginning to end. Yeah. Okay. Go. At face value, it is a simple movie about the art world and how art, the price of art, is directly correlative to the people who control it as opposed to the substance itself. But it's so much more than that. It it spins the hot. It spins the horror genre on its head because usually in the horror genre you've got the protagonists who you affiliate with, who you like and who are trying to fight some sort of paranormal, demonic or otherworldly force this movie flips that they are the demonic, paranormal force these characters that you're being presented with they are the evil that's controlling this art world that you're trying to be shown through this kind of painted, pun intended, painted veil, and you're not able to because you've got these barriers in front of you. There is these people played by, you know, morphs bisexual film critic Jake Gyllenhaal, Rene Russo's Velvet Buzzsaw, Redora. Um, all of these characters are not giving you proper access to this world because they are the self-entitled guardians of it. They are the very horror that this art world has created, not by extension, by choice. That's what I found fascinating. And then you've got to think, take it to another level, and it's like, these horrific events happening, are they literal? Are they metaphysical? Is the director, Dan Gilroy, is he doing this whole allegorically... Is he meaning, is he actually meaning to show these things? You just delve so far into the mind of a director, like, and it, there's a line in the movie which I think sums up the film perfectly, which is, is this good art? I don't know, do you think it's good art? And it's like, yeah, and we've lost this, because what, the way that Morph's character, who, at face value, is very eloquent, an incredibly good wordsmith, 
highly manipulative, clearly fucking, you know, an expert in his field, but then repeatedly shows that despite all his expertise and despite all of his knowledge and intelligence, knows fucking nothing and is just high on his own supply and his suppliers himself. <laughs> UA Bull. <laughs> yes, he is a UA Bull. And it's there's a brilliant line when they're talking about um, John Malkovich's art. And they say, well, what do you think of this piece? And it's common knowledge now that Malkovich's character has become sober. And Jake Gyllenhaal answers, sobriety hasn't done much for him. To which the answer is, this was done 15 years ago when he was drinking. And it's like, <laughs> film critics who, art critics, or paint critics, or music critics, this film, I believe the depiction of these characters isn't a, some sort of ham-fisted second attempt at a, a Clockwork Orange-inspired art house film. I think it's a really fucking on-the-nose yet well-hidden critique of criticism. That film, you could take art out of that. You could put me as a film critic in that position. You could put a music critic, a food critic, any type of art has got this barrier between the art and the public and that middle ground is the demonic presence. And that's what I think the film's trying to show. And I, I completely get that you didn't see it through that prism, but hopefully the way I'm describing it to you now might be making you go, oh yeah. I, There's I, something there. I cannot put my finger on it in, in its entirety. It blew me away. Okay. It blew me away. Okay. Did anything I've said make sense? I will mention later. The, oh, for fuck's sake. I can't go into it because it's the rules of the game. So I have, yeah. to, I have to keep still. That was your number? Five. Loved it. Number five. Okay. My number four. Southport. This is the one I didn't see that I really wanted to see. Give it a shot. Don't. Give it a shot, mate. All over it. it. Fucking, I, I was like, wow. Wow. Like, I've heard he's, he's brilliant. He is, it. he is. And it's that, it's that, it's that superstar boxer who seems to have it all. You know, he's got the wife, the kid, the lifestyle. And it's that ego trip. It's that ego of feeling untouchable and you, you're doing your shit and you, you know, you, you've got that ego that no one could chat shit to you. And it leads to the trouble which makes him lose his wife played by, um, Rachel McAdams. Say MacArthur. Rachel, yeah, Rachel McAdams, and then which pissed that, me off because they showed that in the trailer. I know, but it's it's, like you've literally shown me half the movie here. But because do you know what it is? It's what comes after that. It's the, the it's fallout. Now, yeah, it's the fallout because it's from having it all. You've got to go right back to the beginning, yeah. Because now your kid's gone. You've lost your wife. So you're dealing with that trauma, and now as a result of your fallout and because of your actions it's cost you not only your wife but it's cost you your kid your career essentially everything and it's doing that build up to get back into it and it's it's the it, it's the battle outside of the ring as well as the battle in the ring to get back into being who it was and I was like fuck me fuck me it was, it was, it was good and I it's not what I expected from him it wasn't the kind of character I've seen from him before and I was like Oh wait, Gyllenhaal can bring it. No, no, no. I've never doubted that. 
I've never doubted that because again short of Jarhead which again wasn't his fault no. the film just bored me he's never been a guy oh, fuck him you know I've never thought no, that about God, him. I've no. never thought that it's always like oh it always feels to me and looking at this list like, there was a lot more that was out there right but he's always been the guy it's like oh he's back <laughs> that's yeah. like, where, the, where the fuck's Jake been like yeah. you just don't see or hear enough of him but when you do see him you're like yeah yeah I like never that never bad yeah never ever and ever that was bad. that but this one I was like yeah yeah, yeah is he as good it. as Donny Adonis Creed is it that sort of it's, intensity oh, or are they just see, not comparable beyond I, the fact that they're boxing I, I would say it's different because you got to remember with bearing in mind I haven't seen Creed 2 which is a sin nor me but um, you got to remember with Creed it was that whole you're the second generation so it's that whole adapting and being who he is they're both hotheads but it's a different kind of hothead because this is the guy who's got it whereas Creed was on the come up you know and it's that discipline whereas this one is humbling it's humbling and rebuilding if you would whereas this it's, it's kind of similar but different if you can yeah. but I would yeah I was I was interested I was like fuck this, yeah catch it mate I wanted to I was catch gutted it. where did you find it my Good old Torrens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No lie. Yeah. That was the one. Right. Um, My number four. I yeah. Hmm? If you haven't seen it by next week, let me know. I'll tell you right now. I won't have seen it by next week. So, um, my number four from the director who I've given quite a hard time to, Mr. Denny Villeneuve's Prisoners. That was one on my list. Because I saw the ratings were fucking high. Like, the ratings were fucking high for that film. Now, I went into this with great trepidation. Because you know, I think this guy's fine. Sometimes good. Never great. I never got the hype behind him. Like, yeah, Arrival. Good. Sicario won. Meh. Yeah. Meh. Um, didn't like Blade Runner 2049. I was like, yeah, it's visually beautiful, but... Meh. Yeah, visual noise really that's like Yeah. Nice he always creates a nice scenery but Yeah. Give me more. <laughs> this Holy fucking shit this is good. Oh my god. So Jake and Hugh Jackman. Um Hugh Jackman like you've never fucking seen him before. Like, oh my god are they both good in this. So it is essentially the story of a it's it's picket white fence suburban family. Um, they're doing Thanksgiving over at some friends and the two little girls go in uh, to the to the front porch and uh, they're just playing and they get abducted and Hugh Jackman basically goes on a fucking hunt to find the people who did this and it's not a hunt like like a Mad Max or like when you know or like Gran Torino when someone's like oh you took my shit I'm gonna fuck you up nothing like that because he doesn't know who did it so it's him searching literally hunting and then it kind of harkens back to rendition with the torture elements when he's found someone who he thinks has done it he goes to really dark places to try and get the truth out of them but the where's my daughter where's my daughter but the person stays silent meanwhile you've got this brilliant conflict with Jake Gyllenhaal in relation to Hugh Jackman because Jake Gyllenhaal obviously is as a police officer he plays police officer obviously as a police officer his MO is find the fucking girls right but at the same time 
he's highly suspectful of some of the behaviours that Hugh Jackman's up to. So you've got this brilliant dichotomy whereby Gyllenhaal's both trying to find the daughters to help Hugh Jackman, but trying to stop Hugh Jackman himself. And it, this interwoven societal web that they go through, I mean, it goes to some dark fucking places. And it, it's some of it, man. You're literally just like, oh, God. The tension it creates, it's, it's almost unpalatable. It's so fucking moving and clever. I mean, I haven't seen tension like this created since, I think, Lawrence of Arabia. It's that level of tension. It's brilliant. It sounds good. I mean, as I said, it's on the list. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's fine. It's on the list, you know? I mean, whoa. The sad thing about this is sometimes there's just never enough time (laughs) in in trying to get to a top ten. But yeah, no, it's on the list. It's on the list for me, for sure. Numero tres for you? You mentioned this one before. End of watch. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, out of nowhere from eight. I just said it now he five. changes. Yeah. Um, Nightcrawlers. Yeah, pun. Okay. And it's Nightcrawler. Yeah. Singular. Okay. Three. Yes, it is. Yeah. Three. End of watch. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Oh, I love this film. From David Ayer, the guy who gave us Fury with Brad Pitt and Shia LaBeouf and John Bernthal. Training it, did David? No, no, that was Antoine Fuqua. Is this not Fuqua? No, this is David Ayer, mate. You sure? You want to be- place a cheeky little friend bet on that? David Ayer directed End of Watch. Check it, fact check me on that shit. And meanwhile, while AJ is checking, I'll tell you more about End of Watch. Please do. So, continue. End of Watch is a really interesting police. I wouldn't even call it a drama. It's almost like an action movie in some ways, but no, I'd call it a drama. It's a, it's quite a brutal, visceral police drama. Jake Gyllenhaal, who the fuck plays his partner? Louis from that man. Michael Peña. Michael Peña, thank you. Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Peña, who have got ridiculously good chemistry together. Yeah, they do. Like those two look like they've been in his suit and friends for years. They essentially operate as LA's finest. Their job is to patrol the streets, looking for the bad guys, and the bad guys they find. And what I'm zoning, you know. David Ayer. Yeah, it was. Through Crawford South Park. <laughs> oh, you're a dickhead. <laughs> I haven't even done that mistake, but yeah. <laughs> this guy, man. <laughs> yeah, David Ayer's end of watch. Um but yeah, it just tracks the sort of day-to-day life of these two policemen and what the police in LA and the bad barriers have to go through. Do you know what I think it is? It's the similarity to With Training what? Day that I had. In that, it's not, you know where Training Day oh, if you were looking, journey. Oh yeah, mate, if you but were looking at this as a yeah. comparison to Training Day, it's far inferior to Training Day. <sighs> not disputing that for a moment. I didn't see it that way. Yeah, it's not, it's, they're different. Weirdly, since you've said it, I, I see where your mind's gone. My mind never went to a place where I thought, oh, it's like a for some reason. For day. some reason, I thought... If we quite doing training day. So I'm like, well, dude, you dropped. No offence to this film, but I'm yeah. like, whoa, this is different. Yeah. And that's kind of, I think, where I enjoyed the film. It's fucking awesome. But I was like, whoa, like, that, that was a different director. Not saying that the director is, a, is substandard to, to, to Fuqua. Uh, I'm not saying that He is, he is. Fuqua's a better auteur than David Ayer for now. 
Um, but Fuqua has done a few, you know, one or two misfires I like, recently. I like the style of this. The style in which it's shot. It yeah, different. it's kind of, it's handy cam, but yeah. not. Yeah. Because they've got those little cameras on their chests, right? Yeah, yeah. So you get moments of handy cam and moments of proper cinema. And it blends in well. And actually, instead of it being in-your-face shaky cam like you normally get, the way the shaky cam is done in this way, because the camera is on their chest, it actually brings you into the action. Yeah. It's time. done really cleverly. And it just seems that the more good they do, the more evil, evil the streets get. It just fucking escalates, doesn't it? Whereby we're just starting by... You know, I mean, it doesn't exactly start pleasantly with. But it's patrol, isn't it? It just ends. It, it starts off in the fucking prison. No, but know, in, in the sense off, of the crimes they find, you know, it starts off with the kids being fucking strapped up it, in it the drug house. There. It it's starts like, off like just there, and everyone briefed. Then it's like, okay, they're hitting the road, and it's like, be careful. And you're like, ooh, you, you get that hint that it's going to get bad. Yeah, but it doesn't. And you're like, ah, eh, nothing. And you're like, ooh, and like, ooh, okay, I see what she's saying. Ooh, yeah, and yeah. it's like, oh fuck. <laughs> It escalates. Yeah. yeah. It really does escalate. And it's, it's got a bit of an old boy pebble in the water and ripples feel. It's like, yo, these guys just are trying to do their job. Yeah. yeah. And they don't realise how far it's escalating. You know? This is it. And the, the, the Mexican cartels come along. The guys, the, the Mexican actors, I thought, in this were excellent. Really the, felt authentic. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, these putos, man. You know, it felt very, very authentic. Um... But I thought the interpersonal relationships between him and Peña, him and his wife, him and the other officers, I love the way that the other officers also told their own story without ever stealing screen time from these two. It's just a well-conceived film. And it kept me, you know, really engaged from start to finish. I never got bored of this film. And yeah, easily my number three. Yeah, okay. Your numero dos. Source code. Oh wow, that high! Yeah, now this film, I'll be honest. Oh, we know what your number had, one is. Had no clue, had no clue of it. I, I didn't even think I'd heard of it. Trailers, nothing. And then this came out, and I was like, as you did, your Netflix, and it was there. I was like, oh. Fact check me on this, but I think we're going back to an Avengers MCU t- territory here. Pretty sure it was directed by. Was it? It's either Duncan Jones or Scott Derrickson. Fact check me on that, please. Duncan Jones or Scott... Duncan Jones. Okay, it's not an MCU reach. Because if it had been Scott Derrickson, then we're like, and we're back on Bleecker Street. (laughs) (laughs) Duncan Jones is the chap who did um, Warcraft, actually. Yes. So throwbacks, yeah. I think that's on his filmography, isn't it? Warcraft, Mute, Moon, Source Code. Moon's fucking excellent. I told you about that. That was the one with Sam Rockwell alone. Yes, 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 yes. That's fucking excellent. No, he's he's a good director, Duncan Jones. Um... This movie, in short, is basically if Groundhog's Day did a did a train bombing, right? It, do you know, it caught me at first. I was like, what the fuck? Because yeah. you're watching this, you're like, huh? Hold on. I thought he was the guy from the film. And it, it's that kind of thing where you watch it and it's like, you, you in the beginning you think amnesia. Yeah. And then you're like, huh? And then you're like, no, but you're it telling me deeper. something else. <laughs> and it's there. And I just thought the story really caught me. Now, this could be a, another thing that I think another reason that really caught me my mind always will attract to a parallel universe type movie you love those don't oh, you oh I do and I just looked at this shit and I was like Super Mario Bros didn't work for you just saying yeah the, 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 <laughs> not just any yeah <laughs> just, no, 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 we have to have a bit of substance and standing <laughs> um, yeah 
I was just thrown. And at first I was like, do you know what it was? Is you kind of sitting, oh, this is just so basic. But it, you delve further and further. And what I liked was, you know, I, I, hadn't, I only thought this week, like in, in these weeks coming, right? So I don't want to spoil it for anyone who may not have seen it. But it's where you think it's just do the same thing and you are nothing but that part of the... It's so hard to explain this film without hitting spoilers. It's Groundhog's Day on a train. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Groundhog's Day on a train. And you think it's just that. And then there's a moment where you've done something non yeah. outside of the train and you're like but that shouldn't happen yeah but it makes you think but hold up and in the back of your mind the more that it keeps doing this Groundhog Day shit which can start to be like fuck off you, you, in the back of your mind you're like but that happened and the more you think that happened and then oh but this is gonna happen and it just piecing together to fix something in a way that you're like oh that was nice yeah and do you know what it was you know when you say not all films have a happy ending yeah mm-hmm. I legitimately thought, okay, so you've fixed the wider problem, but shit, you were right. It doesn't change shit. Doesn't. You know where it was like, yeah. And I was like, like, I I had a heart sinker there. I was like, oh, fuck, really? It's bittersweet, isn't it? Yeah. And then I was like, hey, yeah. 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 So that's what caught me about it. It it was a weird way of catching me. When I thought I didn't, but I just kept enjoying it more and more. I was like, yeah, no, I actually really like that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I was I was really taken in by it in a way. Because again, do you know what? Just like Jarhead, actually, it's, it has an element of action, but not. And that's the kind of yeah. Jake element. Yeah, that's if Jake Gyllenhaal did an action movie, it would be this one. Yeah. You can say that about all of his films. If he did this type of movie, it, it would, would be, be this. this one. Yeah. My number two, we're gonna we're gonna punt here. Yeah. So I was tempted. I know what you mean because Source Code nearly took number one, and then I really worked on this. Yeah. And I was like, but really, let's be honest. Let's be honest. This is the this is the number one. It's my number two, but so before we go into my number two and your number one, your worst. This is why I had to keep quiet. Oh, fuck yourself hard. Now, fuck yourself hard. Now, now, listen to me on this, right? I will be honest. You sold me to continue, right? When it got to Velvet Buzzsaw, I started watching this, and I'm like, right, okay, I didn't know this was here. Well done, Jake. You you know, maybe some fresh material. Let's hit this. And I was watching this, and I just saw this level of arrogance and everything in it, and I was like, I can't do this. But that's what the art world's like. I know, I know. Don't get me wrong. But I was just like, I kept watching, and I think it was darker than I thought. For some reason, I thought it might have been a comedy. No. And I just started watching, and I'm just seeing all this arrogance, and I was like, fuck this, and I just cut out. It's but meant sold- to make you feel fucking horrible. You're but, meant to despise these people. But you you sold me to say, give it another shot. But at the time, I was like, you know what? Yeah. You, my friend, are at the level of worst, because it was like, fuck this, I, I, I can't do it. I, 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 yeah. It's... Watch that movie as a director's criticism to critics of not not just just of traditional art any art food, music, film, sport anything taking that away just you selling it and saying that I mean number four is quite high it's fucking high right for who? for anyone bro no but I put it in my number five what do you mean number four? for some reason I thought you said four no no five five. five. alright middle ground it says a lot 
Because Jake doesn't do a lot of shit. So if I you love just put it at performance in this, mate. If you put it at middle ground, you made you made me say give it, a, see it through to the end and see. That's why that's why the question came. Did you feel this from beginning to end? Because I was just like, it, for me, it was just too bougie, and I was like, I it can't. Was do very it. bougie. I think my problem. Do you know sometimes you've got to be in the right frame of mind. Now, one, if you if you just see this and you thought it was going to be a comedy and it's dark, one, you're fucked up. Your frame of mind oh, you're is fucked. And second, that's like eating. That's like expecting you're going to get a, get a spoonful of Nutella and you put Marmite in your mouth. Yeah, yeah, fuck that. Yeah, that will shock think, your worst. Yeah, I was just like, I think. And the other thing is, if you're expecting dark and you get a comedy, it's completely different. Yeah, yeah. Compared to, like, and I was just like, not now. And I was just like, fuck it. You and need to be in a back. Clockwork Orange frame of mind to watch this film. Okay, but I'll give it a shot. I'll give it another shot. See, it was beginning to end for me because I actually thought. It didn't overly interest me at the beginning, but what captivated me was his performance because I thought he played that snooty, pompous, you know, up, up himself art critic really well. Oh yeah, it cr- too well, too well, so well. You know, everything from his mannerisms to his facial expressions to his, even his squint, the way he was sort of overly examinating the art but the reason he was doing that was because it because it's not an examination of the art it's an examination of himself he's so up himself that even his squint has to be have some sort of blue steel to it you know, you what, know I mean? what performance um, wise he's bang on but I just couldn't but that's, yeah, but that's what that's captivated the me the performance and then when I saw it to the end and I was like hang on this isn't a film about anything they're just using this as a vessel to critique modern society Everyone from the people who are representing the Telegraph and the New York Times down to the lowly little YouTubers and podcasters like me. Anyone who's got an opinion and who's poisonous about it because they've got an iota of intelligence and they're using it to purposefully divulge information to stop people seeing art is demonic. That's the stance that this movie's taken because that's why I think that question that gets asked, is this art good? Is it good to you? It's so powerful because, you know, I can see a movie like, I don't know, the, that Godzilla movie that came out a few years ago. I loved it. Most people hate it. But I saw real depth and intelligence to the way Gareth Edwards shot that movie. And that essentially is what art is. Just because one, and this is where our society is now, you know, it's like we take the word for critics at face value. Ah. And I always think it's important to, to find critics who you share a mindset with. So I think that's what will happen. You'll find someone, they'll turn you off a film, potentially. Yeah. But this way, let's go back to my... But, 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 wait. but this yeah, is essentially so. what this, cri- this, is, this film is criticising. It's like, you can either listen to one critic and take his opinion as gospel, which is dumb, because you should have a multitude of opinions. And let's go with something like what we do with film. You know, it... For most of us who have to pay for each time we go to the movies, films is an expensive investment in both money and time. It is. Yeah, for you sure. Know, the concessions, the ticket, the time you invest to get there, watch the movie, go back. There's some time and money you spend there, right? But what this movie's saying is that whether you're going to see an art gallery, the latest movie, going to the newest Gordon Ramsay restaurant, or wherever the fuck it is, just because someone's saying it's bad, fuck them. Go see it yourself. Yeah. Don't listen to the art critic who says, sobriety's done nothing for him. This was made 15 years ago. You're full of shit. Yeah. You know? It takes a really fucking interesting stance. And I find it refreshing for a director like Dan Gilroy 
Um, not because it's Dan Gilroy, but for a director in general who have now in this social media age got to tread so fucking carefully about how they speak to people, especially the press and the critics. This guy's just come out and said, fuck the lot of you. I think it's brave, mate. No, you have sold it. You have sold it. I won't... I, I can't say different. Don't take anything in it literally. No, no, no but I just said it was not it, a literal When movie. I saw it meant to be one thing, expecting one thing, getting another, it, it will just throw you in such... As you said, it's Marmite in the teller. You literally... It's a complete different taste and it will put you off for life, potentially. But given that, hey, you, you, you maybe taste it for what it Check is. Check it out again. Taste Marmite for Marmite, you might enjoy it. Mate, literally, do it and... And there's weird moments in it that even I can't explain. But then that goes back to the fucking question. Is this art good? Do you think it's good? Interpret it how the fuck you want. It's Dan Gilroy basically saying, here's some, here's me giving a middle finger to criticism and inviting an audience to make of this what you want. It's so meta in its delivery. You know, there's a scene at the end, this won't spoil anything without there being any context, where Paint literally has come alive and is going up a girl's body. He's not meaning it literally. It's all metaphysical. It's all, uh, it's all, and it's, it's all, um, it's all allegorical. That's how you've got to see it. It's like, it's like if someone took a, took a poem and brought it to life and the poem itself was about criticism but it was done in the style of Francis Bacon that's how you gotta see it it's, it's super art house okay. it's completely avant-garde but I love it for that you're worth yeah, this is a problem <laughs> uh, uh. was it Jarhead or you just didn't have one <sighs> I mean it was a toss-up between Prince of Persia and Jarhead, but I mean, <laughs> but the thing is, is that I get yeah, sand. <laughs> I, I hate sand. <laughs> Such a Star Wars fan. I know, right? I know, right? But the thing is, is that against all odds, as 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 much of a guilty pleasure as Prince of Persia is, I do get an enjoyment out of it. I find Jarhead so unrelentingly jarring. jarring. It's boring. I remember watching it with my old lot at school when we went to the cinema on Friday everyone walked out thinking oh it's going to be really cool to like this movie it's a war movie where nothing happens and it's about the psyche and how that can be as just as devastating as I said at the beginning of this podcast as the war it's like yeah cool but I want to read a book about that I don't want to fucking watch a f- I don't want to watch something where the premise of the watch is you're not watching anything do you know do you it know, seems so counterproductive do you know the problem with this yeah it's let's go back to Brokeback Mountain mm. it's the way you market shit yeah Jarhead did not lead me to believe it's the film that we got no Jarhead led me to believe it was the second coming Jarhead led me to believe it was the second coming of Full Metal Jacket you saw those training scenes like this is my rifle there are many like it but this one is mine it's like hmm yeah that's not what we got. No. That's not what we got. So, so... We got raining oil. Yeah. And fucking cheddar bob in the desert. Yeah. Like, yeah, it just... Allow that. It just threw... It just threw you off so much. And that's... That's where the problem lies. That is where the problem lies. It didn't work for me. So Jarhead, I think... Yeah. Not because of him again. No, it's just the Never story. Never because of him. But just, it's the marketing of the story. Yeah. Not even the story, the way it was marketed. As a movie, I think that was his worst. 
So my number two, obviously your number one, Donnie Darko. It was always going to be that for you, I guess. It was, but bear in mind, I had this day after tomorrow situation going on in my head. But hear, hear what happened. I, I, I toyed with something. I had a list. Mm. Certain things were in different places. <laughs> end of day being one of them. Um, end but, of watch. End of watch. End of day. <laughs> yeah. No, that that one still sticks. I have to go back to that. And the more I toyed with this position, I was like number two. Then I was like number three, and I was like. You kind of break it down and you're like, but this is the one. When it comes it's to perform, the film is Donnie Darko is so dare I say disturbing, unsettling. If I don't want to say disturbing, in a way that it has you questioning shit, and you you look at it one way. And what I love is I think you can watch it each time and catch something new. Yes, my um one of my favorite film critics um. Mark Commode said of Donnie Darko Donnie Darko is one of his favourite films because it is everything and it is nothing it is everything you want it to be in terms of being a romance a coming of age story sci-fi horror it delves into every single genre without ever feeling like a mess yeah and yet it is nothing because essentially it is just a day in the life of an everyman yeah that's such a fantastic way of breaking it down and you know do you know again it has this feeling as well it's the day in the life and everything that you saw becomes undone but out of nothing I know I know and this is where you're like huh and it's what's so weird is was it a dream was it real because look I mean we we have this question with Inception but go with this one where you're like (laughs) <laughs> wake up giggle and just say no you know, and I'm you're like, today, yeah. yeah and just you've seen it all and you've just seen it could go this way but dare I say for the greater good or for whichever way you just make it go this way and the world will never know what you saw or why it had to happen but even that comment of greater good it's such a personal thing isn't it like the, who's greater good the greater good of humanity no the greater good of the town not really his greater good so you then come to question it on a deeper level is Donnie Darko ultimately a movie about egotism is it a movie about selfishness it is a movie is it a movie about having that control and not really caring about it properly alternatively going down your route is it a movie about a dream and a vision as to what that ultimate control would be if you were able to travel down wormholes yeah it's such a mindfuck and that's the thing and I think here's the question right and this is why I will call it number one because I know Nightcrawler is big right? uh, spoiler much <laughs> really, really said pun so you've corrected my um, plural of it so like, we're not getting anywhere but here we go yeah mm. and why I will call it Jake at his best right tell me someone else who could have been Donny Jared I don't know if he would have pulled it off as well. Leto has a, a way of doing shit. I don't say no. Yeah. We could even go down Ledger and the way he went dark. I'd and... say Ledger, yeah. I'd also bring someone else back from the dead. River Phoenix. In the fact that we couldn't cast The Dearly Departed. I, 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 I don't say no. Look at River Phoenix and what he did with Stand By Me. Granted, he was still a kid, but look what he grew into. But that what really and, and do you know what I think what else sticks 
I cannot. Joaquin actually could have done it. It's quite a good job. Well, on his good days. On his good days, yes. On his good days. But still, now I say this. Yeah? <laughs> I got it. I got it. Young child actor could have done it. Bale. You fucking know Christian Bale could have done that role. I don't know. He goes into a zone. He goes dark. But I don't know if he could have been Donnie Darker. And this is the best bit. <laughs> he goes dark, not darker. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you were dark, not full darko. <laughs> Do you know the other bit that makes me laugh? <laughs> you can just imagine a Nigerian with that. He goes dark, but not darko. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. He goes dark, but he's not so African. <laughs> he's not darko, you know. Dark, yeah. But, um... He's more like a second generation. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he knows where he come from. <laughs> he's, he's a duck, but he's not a duck. Oh. Well, I mean, we like him, but we will not invite him over at Christmas. But you know what? Maybe for our birthday, eh? <laughs> Just think of it now. No matter what, and he's got these roles, you look at him and you still think Dolly. I've seen the roles and I just think I, I get this zoom back to when I Here's, saw him as darker yeah but that's because it's one of our favourite films of all time it, because of what it done it, yeah. it, it spins you out in a way and you're like fuck me you delivered it, and it's, it's this weird I, I want to call it the grungy type that weird grungy disturbed kid kind of vibe where you just oh, he is grungy kind of, definitely you know it's that, that kind of he wants to be a loner but there's more to it than that it's not that he wants to be it's that he understands shit in a way it, it, it's yeah everything but nothing everything but nothing and then it, even in terms of the way the dialogue is written you know Richard Kelly the director you can tell he's been influenced by all sorts even Tarantino in some places you know like with his like with his monologue about the Smurfs and Gargamel it's like okay Tarantino would have been proud of that yeah yeah. first off the Smurfs, the Smurfs are all asexual and Smurfette was created by Gargamel in order to destroy the Smurfs but Smurfette when she joined the village of the Smurfs realised that the Smurfs were all so good that they actually turned her so what the fuck are you talking about it's like see Tarantino just called he wants his lines back <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but then that moment where he's stabbing the eye in the mirror you know that e- echoes back to Kubrick so there's so much history of cinema in this movie and yet none it's its own entity it's such a mindfuck yeah and Lizzie for you I'm sure you've seen it but if you haven't this is your priority I'm not being funny there's no way you ask for Gyllenhaal and you haven't seen Darker. In it. <laughs> it's, it's just not done. I mean, if it is, then by all means, you know. Donnie's the one. But, uh, yeah, yeah. He's your one, my two. My one's your three. Nightcrawler. It just, kind of just blew me away. Uh, that, I think that's the problem, because I, t- I was toying between those. Like, as I said, that bottom three, I knew they were there. Four, actually, the four. I knew they were there. Southpaw. What was your four against Southpaw? Yeah, yeah. All right. But those three I juggled, I toyed, and I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. I'll let you take the lead on this, though, because it's your... I don't know how many eye drops they put in his eyes for this movie. I don't know what contact lenses they fitted him with. I've never seen an actor, Ben Affleck being an exception, but that's not intentional, but I've never seen an actor, you'll get the joke now, I've never seen an actor get intentional shark eyes lifeless doll's eyes Ben Affleck could do it back in the day because you couldn't fucking act he was, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 he was I just the guy who co-wrote Good Will Hunting with Matt Damon 
<laughs> Matt Damon's good looking friend. Yeah, yeah, That's literally yeah, it. Yeah. Jake went to a place in this movie that I've never seen him go to before. It was so dark. It was so twisted that he embraced the source material so well. He really became a nightcrawler. What hit me with nightcrawler? How can I say this? Wait, in case people don't know what nightcrawler is, because this is this might be one which is less known. A nightcrawler is essentially a amateur slash. Amateur, amateur paparazzi amateur paparazzi but talented amateur paparazzi who's got the kit and who's got the police radios to get to scenes of crime in time who shoots quite morbid things like shootings or car accidents and then sells them to the news stations so the news stations have footage to go on live when they're broadcasting the news so they form an integral part of the news machine Gyllenhaal's basically in a dead end scra- uh, scrapper job and get was that even from what I'm he's a scrapper he, isn't he he was just nicking shit and just making ends meet in a weird yeah. way yeah. it's not like you know a, a normal scrapper just picks up shit he was doing illegal ways of doing it fucking breaking down cages and yeah. you're like what the like he, from the beginning you know he's not right <laughs> socially outcast but highly intelligent this is the thing I was going to bring up it echoed it brought me a little bit back to De Niro's character in Cape Fear he had a bit of that about him that much but too weirder, fucking clever for his own weirder, good weirder because like De Niro's one you could be like he's twisted but he's smart yeah this one was like but dude why why are you doing this when you you're clearly it, it, I think the social outcast bit is there because he would make these statements and you're like it, it's weird what money does to you yeah and I'll say it for this because when it's not a spoiler but if you look at his statements beginning and end they're yeah. identical yeah. but the difference is money when he's down at the bottom and he says this stuff you're like dude get over yourself yeah however once you've got power and you say this shit to people the world will follow and in that here's the ultimate question which is why Nightcrawler got me you've kind of hit the needle on the head here in that that he remained consistent irrespective of the money and his words his words were the same at the beginning at the end is that to be admired you can say that money does strange things to you but actually who did the money no, 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 do no, strange no, things to you him, him or us said, he's the same yeah he's the same he remained consistent it's again Dan Gilroy having a bit of a societal narrative I kind of am starting to like Dan Gilroy as a director yeah, in case yeah, that yeah. isn't clear um, I really like his work um, but I love the supporting cast Riz Ahmed who a lot of you all know from things like Rogue One A Star Wars Story City of Tiny Lights Rene Russo was in this um, Riz is he's also in Deadpool no? is Riz Ahmed in Deadpool? who's the taxi driver? it's not him for some reason I looked him and I, I don't thought, think it's Riz one? I may be wrong but I don't think okay. it's Riz Bill Paxton in his last role yeah oh, is, it, is that was just the last one? that's one and that's it mate that was his last one then he uh Sadly passed. Sadly passed away, yeah. But it much like David Ayer did in End of Watch, Dan Gilroy really brought LA alive and he shot LA in a way, despite all of this violence and morbidity that was being filmed by the Nightcrawler, he shot it in a way that reminded me of the way Michael Mann shot LA in Collateral with Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Violent, but really fucking beautiful. You know, those 
while this is going on the dark Life. side of it yeah yeah you know you've got these beautiful pastel fluorescent sunsets here's a car crash you've got these beautiful wide sweeping shots of LA and showing it in all of its beauty and light here's a guy creeping into your house filming your dead family yeah it's such a great juxtaposition yeah while the world is going on this is also what's going on yeah beauty hides the ugly ugly doesn't diminish the beauty you know there's all of that subtext I love it fucking loved it and I still but I go back to what I said at the beginning I cannot get over what Gyllenhaal brought to this role I've never seen him creepier I've never seen him one settling it is it really is so uncomfortable it really is it's the moral compass or lack thereof yeah you know it's like Dude, no, don't know. In so many situations. Yeah. And then the other bit, like, go catch that. And you're like, you knew what I you know, were doing. I know, you I know. Knew what you were doing. So yeah, bad. Come on. So bad. Even, even when it was like, do you know, how could, you know what, and do you know what I love was the, how can I say, the shift of power where you have Rene Russo who's up there who's like, mm. I, I'm interested. She's like, no way. Okay, cool. But from his studies, like, this is what you will do. And I was, and it was like, huh? No fucking way. And you were the guy who, by by all means, have no rights to be in this world. None. Yeah. Like, when I you say this world, the, not, You are the anomaly. Yeah. Like, by chance you came across this. If this is an atom, you are not here. If this is a red blood, if this is a blood cell, you are a virus. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, you... But yeah, like a virus, you will spread. Yeah. And it was just like, huh? And it, the, the end just makes you think, fuck. I know. I mean, do you, do you know the sad thing? Legitimised. It's like, oh, it, God. It's like, do you know what? It just shows that rag to riches don't always have to be a happy underdog story. Without spoiling I'd say more often than not, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know you can watch that from like yeah go and then you watch this one like, mm-hmm. that's wrong yeah and that that yeah yeah it was weird it is uncomfortable it really is it really is uncomfortable and it's just that yeah it, the cost to be the boss as they say are you willing to pay that price he was yeah and he showed it that's yeah. why like, mate I love it I wanted to go Donnie I think Donnie is I would argue Donnie's his most iconic, but I think I've never seen him more at the height of his powers than in this film. Yeah, no, 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 he's, 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 he delivers. I, I couldn't, I, I can't do more of that. Is Donnie a better film? Yes. Is Gyllenhaal better in Nightcrawler? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, granted. granted. It's one of those things that you just, you have to... You, you Both have, are good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Both are great. Yeah. And people... Aside from being edutained on all of Jake Gyllenhaal's movies, if you've got anything to take away from this movie, Dan Gilroy, much to my personal revelation, clearly likes some social commentary. True. I wasn't, it was one of those, I just had a slump across, like, yeah. 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 Is that sort of Velvet Bustle, critiquing of the critics. Nightcrawler, critiquing of society. It's like, okay, Dan, I'm on board. Applause, and applause to you, sir. Right, for Lizzie and the other listeners, what's the Rushmore? Donnie. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, we did not put Donnie on the Rushmore. I think that could just be the ultimate, like, p- 
piss off the world. Like, yeah. Right, edutainment time. What shows the full breadth of Hall's talent? What shows him at his best? What shows his best movies? What shows some diversity? What movies do you think we've spoken about that people may not have seen? You see, I'm now tempted to go down a few routes. I don't know how popular End of Watch has been with the world. In fairness. I don't know. I would say not enough. I don't know. But then I wonder, for the fact that I just recently saw Southpaw and you haven't seen it, opens up a world of... Ah, but I was aware of Southpaw. Yeah, the I world know, was aware of. Stuff. I know they're, they're aware of it, but how much have they seen? And it's a different character to the rest, to be fair. But we, I mean, they all are. So that's kind of weak. Here's a question: um, boxing movie. Does this now go above Million Dollar Baby for you? That's that's the benchmark I have to go off. I just get very the, the emotion at the end of a Million Dollar Baby catches me in a way. I know, I know, I know. I know. But Million Dollar Baby just has that kind of. There's a, little, there's a little soft spot there. I can't. I know. Like, I, I like, you, I'd, I I'd have to. I may have to watch. <laughs> I may have to watch the both back to back and see which one gets me more. Actually, asking you now, what do you think? I'm just going. I'm going to stick with Million Dollar Baby, but it's a different film. But yeah, I think I'd stick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I'm sure it is. Million dollar. Bye bye. What the fuck? Okay. Um. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, this is tough. This is tough. Is it? <sighs> Donnie being everything that is everything is that. So how does one diversify from the others? I'm going to look at this list now. Rendition, Life, Source Code, Stronger, Zodiac, Velvet Buzzsaw, Prisoners, End of Watch. Did, how Bunny much Duck did you know about Source Code. Code before? I was aware of it. I was very aware of it. Um, I didn't stumble across it by doing this list. It was just one I chose to never watch. The reviews that I read, and going back to Dan Gilroy, this is why you shouldn't always believe the reviews, said it was perfectly acceptable, but by the numbers, throw away little action movie with a Groundhog's Day um, It's time. weird, because I, I can't disagree with that, but it... It is it, by the numbers. Yeah. But it's fun. It delivers something that you wouldn't expect, but I suppose that's all it is. It's just... Yeah, huh, I enjoyed that. Literally. I, I, I'm surprised it's so high on your list. It caught me in a way that I was like, this is interesting. I think the interest and the intrigue caught me at the end. I was like, this is I interesting. Because at one point, I, I won't lie, there was a part of, oh, I'm just surprised that that went above end, uh, the Nightcrawler for you, and I'm surprised that no, uh, most you know things you, went above end of, the end of Watch for you. End of Watch, I think it's on a rejig, and when I thought it was, when I really thought it was made by the same guy who made Training Days, like you tried again and you fucked up, and I think that heavily influenced where it landed. In I think list. you need to rewatch it with a new perspective, mate. True, it's so say, good. That's two films I have to redo. <laughs> it's um, so good. This is tough. I've it really more, is. I've never been more. I don't know what to stick to because I can't like. Now, if we say Nightcrawler, right? 
Is it worthy? Yes. But are we now going for the two dark sides of dark? I said no, two sides of dark. That's not his name. Of Gyllenhaal. Like, eh? Dark or eh? <laughs> you know. And I'm like, but that's. But we started the whole podcast by kind of agreeing that that was one of the elements that he brings to his roles. Yeah. You're always going to get that with him, no matter but what then, role you play. <sighs> Literally, then, go down the list. There's not a single role on here where there's not an. Okay, life maybe, right. where there's not an element of darkness. Yeah, and then I could go Bubble Boy, which is like you. That the, too, the, the there week. you go. But then I'm like. <sighs> but those aren't going on a Jalinor rush, more surely not. Well, I think it, Bubble Boy to a lot of people is like that landmark early. It's there, but then they get. The fact that you hadn't <sighs> heard of it threw me off. Um, Nightcrawl is his best performance. We've just agreed on that. Surely that has to go on. I, yeah. This is why I'm like, I'm, a, I'm with it, it, but then do you know what it makes me think? What's that? Am I meant to have darker on it? Which it sounds so. F- oh, wrong. Wait, 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 behave. It sounds so wrong. Behave. Of course, darker's on there. Let's not be silly now. Of course, darker's on there. I, it's that one's the, locked. That one's that's holy. See, then I wonder about stronger. Yeah. Now I can work with stronger. I'm more than happy to work with stronger because. Uh, the issues I raised before were not to do with him it was not even to do with the movie because the movie as a whole is excellent it was just an expectation that I had for the movie regarding an emotionality to it a sentimentality rather but that's a personal thing objectively speaking I'm more than happy for Stronger to be on there now I'm going to hit you with something I'm listening (laughs) and I know you're going to hate me for it yeah yeah no, what you're going to say your... Prince of Persia. Fuck off. Why? Let me flip it back on you. Why do you want it on there? What does it... For sh- it being different to... Where we talked about the element of dark, this one isn't. I care how the public perceive us. So I that, really do. So now you're talking Velvet Buzzsaw. Because I... of perception, it it's there. Now, uh, now... But by your own definition, you you admitted it, it. It could have been the worst because it's not brilliant, yeah. However, it's not Jarhead, which just legitimately bored you. You had fun with this I movie, had fun with but through public pleasure. perception, we tell, we see it as worse than it is. Now, granted, not this through is public perception. Uh, I don't think this movie's good. Just because I have fun with the movie doesn't it's mean it's great. a good it's film. Not great, but, but we are it's tr- not, oh, mate. Prince of Persia is so the opposite of what we try to do on these Rushmores. We're trying to edutain people here to bring them to light of movies they may not have seen. Prince of Persia was marketed so heavily. People made a conscious choice to maybe not see it. And those who did, hopefully like us, got a kick out of it. That's not a, a, you know, a movie people won't have seen that... And forget the whole populist element. That's not a movie that honours Jake's skill set. We're honouring the know, work know, of I Jake Gyllenhaal here. I, I, do you know what it is? I have Southpaw tickling at me so much. Go, go run with it. But I'm just, do you know when you just try to think? But is there anything <laughs> what <are> stronger? <laughs> is there anything stronger than that? But that would not. I don't but know. Southpaw, from I don't what you've told me, it shows. Not necessarily a darkness, but a sort of arrogance to him that you don't normally see. Yeah. Well. And it brings a f- shows his physicality. And humility. Why the like, fuck has... wouldn't you? I'm happy yeah, with that. All right, let's do that. Stick it on. Cool. That's what she said. Oh, no, eh? that, well, that is between me and my missus. 
fact that you disclosed that on the podcast makes you a wrong in the beginning. Because yeah. because when you said that's what she said, we just had it as a general. I just corrected you on your on or in being the, the right terminology, and you said that's between the two of you. You're accusing me of being a wrong one. When's that ever been open for debate? Well, it's naturally. Do you know what I'm saying? So any any again, boy. Anyone who believes the silver screen dudes are a bunch of good guys, <sighs> you're wrong. That's fine. <laughs> I, 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 admire, I admire you guys. I thank you for your humble, your, your naivety. <laughs> <laughs> Without being condescending either, like, oh, so sweet. It's like people who haven't met us. It's like we probably sound like these very, very well brought up posh English boys. Oh, if only they knew. <laughs> if only they knew. Ah, uh, but that doesn't matter. This isn't about us. It's about them. It's about the movies. The important stuff. We've got three. I thought we had four. The Boston one. Yeah. Cool. I have honestly absolutely no argument with that list. We're showing. The originality, the peak, the physicality, sentimentality, and yeah, the narrative of a person's life. I love this list. I think that 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 I think shows him pretty broadly. Yeah. Cool. Let's lock it. Okay. Lockdown. Ladies and gentlemen, and Lizzie Gallagher, the official movie Mount Rushmore of Jake Gyllenhaal movies in no particular order is... Stronger. Our second entry is... Southpaw. Our third entry is... Nightcrawler. Our final entry into this fan selection episode, the movie man Rushmore of Jake Gyllenhaal movies, is... Donnie Darko. Bueno. You know... Bueno. I, I, I will be honest. No Rushmore. Top 10 maybe was doable. No Rushmore's been harder. If you think of it, in the sense we've debated on shit. We've never been at a one where we're just stuck like... Don't know. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because it didn't provoke much debate. It was literally a question of what the fuck. Yeah, like, ugh, d- d- yeah, brother. to leave that off. At, you know, others, like, you could do Robert Downey and we're like, no, that has to be in there. Yeah. This one was like, ugh, like, yeah. They're all stellar think, performances. Yeah, and I think that speaks volumes of him as an actor. Yeah. You've got to think he's going into that DiCaprio road now where there's an Oscar that's coming and it's overdue starting to be. Yeah, but I think he needs more spotlight. Where, you know, everyone's just always taught DiCaprio. How much, like, short of this... Like, let's be honest. Short of it being fan selection... It could have, by the time Spider-Man came out. Yep. But it's very rare that you... You know, in our annexes of potential shows coming up, they would have been like, we need a Gyllenhaal episode. Do, do you get what I'm saying? No hate from, on my side from him. No, no. Likewise to yours. But you just think, ah, that's the, how undervalued and underappreciated he has been. Which shocks me, because I think if there was ever a movie that would have got him at least a nomination, was Nightcrawler. He didn't even get nominated for that shit. Yeah. Which is tragic, but... Yeah. It's yeah. a good one. Guys, bit of news coming up. Um, been, I've got to put my hands up. We've been a bit slack with the Instagram recently I am we are I am we are I am we are Spartacus 
sorry very <laughs> very good throwback to our three hour movies we are doing our best to get that Instagram optimized in a way so that the content remains fresh we're just strategizing and planning at the moment we are toying with some ideas now that we've got a bigger following of maybe doing some live episodes so that you guys can actually come and chat with us while we're recording. We're toying with it. We're we've considering had, we had a fan it. once. We had our mini fan once. He wasn't the most talkative. But this is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Yeah. This is the problem. But no, we are looking at software that could allow us to stream this live sometimes. It's something we're toying with. Um, maybe we need our fan base to grow more and we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Might be. There are ways. There are just different stuff we're looking. You know, you, you, you're past 50 and you think, so we don't want to bore anyone. We appreciate everyone sticking with us, but yeah. it needs a change up. Yeah. Um, one of the change ups is we are going to start doing some guest episodes. So you're used to the <laughs> the silver corded voices of the silver screen dudes. Um, you're going to get some more voices coming on soon. We've got some good episodes coming up in the coming weeks, guys. We are going to have some uh, special guests on for those. Indeed. Um, some of them are podcasters, some of them are just movie fans like yourselves who are close to us. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult to say that we just welcome anyone we, as much as we'd like to. No. It's also very scary because, how dare I say this? You'd have to send us a voice note or a recording to let us know you can bring the game. If it was to invite, even on the live that you mentioned. Yeah. It, it, and I am not, by any means, guys, do not think I'm a professional who, who, who has the right to judge who is worthy of entering Movie Mount Rushmore. It's but our what, show. <laughs> yeah. But what, what is difficult, and this has happened on this as well as on the ministry stuff, which is very quiet and we'll come back when the time is right. We're still building on that. You can find that you have people who you know certain stuff, but then don't bring it. And I wouldn't want, and this is for you, not for us. Yeah, I wouldn't want to invite you onto a show and be like, "Hey, hey," and then one, you're quiet, and then we're trying to bring you in, and your people be like, "Well, why didn't you talk?" Or two, feel like I'm bullying you to talk. Yeah, exactly. It, it's it's got to be very, natural. It, yeah, it's a very difficult line, and these are stuff that the guests that we've invited, as Nico has said, it's either from a podcast in history, mm. or two, through conversations we know you can bring the game. You know, and that's how it's selected at the moment. If you can show by, even if it's an interaction with us via any of the socials, you can show that you can bring the game, then we can consider. Yep. You know, so we are open, but at the moment it's those that we know or we've had a chance of being able to cross communicate with. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo, bingo, bingo. So that's the news coming up. We are trying to get the Instagram a bit more daily and we're going to try getting some stories up for you guys we're going to try sort of do more strategized content should we say we're working on our on our own instagram strategy at the moment it's a work in progress um but we are still seeing the followers go up and up and up which is always nice to see indeed um, thank you word is we might be getting a blue tick soon Ooh, hey, hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that is uh that's uh, that, that's news for you guys there's right? some yeah. news that's that's bad. And I'm not just tooting. <laughs> I've been contacted by the powers that be. The blue the blue tick might be coming. There you go. Cool, no. <laughs> you, 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 you'll know it's the authentic page when you hit it. Like, hey, those mofos have got a blue tick. <laughs> Good, that in it. And we are also trying to look at distribution onto other platforms as well, guys. That is still in the works, but stuff's coming. 
expansion is coming. You have to appreciate that. Progress is a slow process. Broke progress is a slow process. You've got to remember, we are literally two old school friends doing this with some recording equipment and some editing software. That's it. Yeah. We're not doing this with any backing, no sponsorships. We're doing this simply out of the love for movies for you guys. And because we keep saying for you guys because we see the amount of subscribers we're getting every week going up. We've seen the amount of countries that are following us. It is beyond humbling. It really is. No, it's, it's, there's, there's no denying that. There's no denying that. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's mad. You know, we had the speech. Nico said, I'm not going to repeat it, but you, you start something, you're like, let's see where this goes. And you just, whoa, whoa, hey, hey. As much as we said progress is a slow process, in the fact that it's just over a year, you're like, whoa, hey. Yeah. Hey, hello. <laughs> so it's, it says a lot. And I, we, 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 we do appreciate it. Just the same way, just like with our fan selection here. The fact that it's like on my way to work, on my way back from work, in the gym. Like, yeah. Whoa, you work out to us? Like, wow. <laughs> Thank you. No, 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 no. Oh, you it's didn't just know. just the intro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know. <laughs> the thing is, we obviously don't know where this is going to go, guys, but we're loving the ride. Absolutely yeah. loving it. It gives us fun every week to go and watch old movies and revisit things that we've seen. Discovering you. Discovering new movies. Honestly, yeah, pitch, li- pitch lists by you guys. Who the fuck knows? Maybe we'll fly out to the US in the coming years and do a live show for everyone. Who knows? Any, anything that's possible. Anything and everything is possible. But these faces were made for radio, not for TV, just saying. Yes. Speak for yourself. I had a few years on TV, <laughs> but then they delegated me to radio, so. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I'll speak in a few years. But yeah, no, it, yeah. Nah, it's cool. It's cool. And now you guys are thinking, this is over an hour and you guys are still rambling. So I will shut my roof of fucking mouth. And I will say, until the next time, I am the one, AJ. I am Nico Luro. See See ya. ya.